0: This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joar.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joir, and today is Wednesday, January 17th, 2018. I have a very cool guest on today, and that is David Kogan. The Unlocker himself is here. Hi, David. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you for having me.
1: Ah, thanks for being on. This is super exciting. Um, you know, we we haven't really interacted that much at conferences before and but the last few events that we've both attended, we've both been there. So I was like, Hey, I wanna have David on because yeah, I love your videos, it's so cool. So I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for being on. Um yep. So we discussed some of the topics today. And and it's kind of be kind of recap post-CS, really. What are our thoughts? Like a week, or maybe more, less than a week now, but a few days after CS, what are our thoughts? And and I want to start with kind of more general things, really, like um, before I dig deep into some discussions. Um, but what do you think of CS this year?
0: It was hectic, like it is every year.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's for um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, it was cool. I mean, there was a lot of... And there's a lot of mentions of AI that I'm not, I were questionable that they were AI. I found that you know it's a nice buzzword that everybody's throwing around this year. Um, I did see obviously like Google Assistant was everywhere. Yeah, um, that, that's kind
1: of the theme <laughs> for me. It's like Google Assistant, all the things was kind of my takeaway.
0: Basic, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. And you know, and they're they're trying to catch up. Last year uh, it was Alexa, all the things. And I think so. Google's kind of like, hey, you know, let's let's try to play catch up theory. with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my Alexa's <is> actually fine. <laughs> That's, <cool. talking. laughs> That's hilarious. Let's leave that in the recording. It'll be awesome. Perfect. <laughs> ah, cool. <laughs> so there you go. So, and, and this also was the first year that, that Google had a booth, right? Well,
1: not the first year. They've had booths in previous years. This has been a long time. Maybe I'm actually wrong because I'm thinking of Mobile Congress because Google used to yeah, C, have yeah, super... Something. I know. I know it at might Mobile be right. Congress
0: it did. Yeah, yeah you I might I don't be know. right. Yeah, So, but of course that just shows they're like, you know, we're trying to compete with that other system that i'm not going to say anymore
1: <laughs> yeah well you th- you, th- i think they had um they've had a presence at cs and so far that they've had execs and we've had meetings with them when i was in a yeah, gadget sure. back in the day um you know i remember uh spending some time with uh who was it um the designer guy uh oh, i can't remember uh but anyway um all I know is that at Mobile World Congress they used to have super awesome booths for years, and then they completely disappeared for a while. I'm wondering yeah. if they're going to be back this year. But yeah, this booth, I you know, I, reg- I I hate to say this, I saw it when I was in the big parking lot picking up my badge uh, a day before, like the day before press day, so Saturday or something. Yeah. And not even built was it? It was it was there. It was taking shape. It was rapidly growing, and the, you could really see what it looked like. But I didn't go. At all during the event, simply because I was spent very little time at the actual convention center. I only spent a day there. Um, and mostly lucky. Well, I know, (laughs) but mostly it was because (laughs) I wanted to see LG and Samsung's booths, and I wanted to swing by Sony's booth to take hands on Mm. with the XA2 phones. Which, by the way, if you check the show notes on this show, you'll see uh, my my YouTube video about those two phones. Um, but and and I would love to hear your thoughts on that too, but I'm, I'm just getting to the point that. I didn't spend much time at LVCC. I did spend a lot of time at Sands, um, and of course at Mandalay Bay with express conferences as usual. But I also had a short CES. I left the morning of Thursday, oh,
0: so yeah, no. yeah, I was there all week. Wow! Did you <laughs> another reason why? I'm did you enjoy Vegas still.
1: after the fact, though?
0: So I did for a couple of days, but again, it was still like uh, it, you know, for me, CES. It, a big part of it is is just networking and seeing all of the people that you know. It's it's one of the few places where all the people we work with are all in one place at one mm-hmm. time. So, so even after the show was done, the people that I didn't get to see, then I, you know, scheduled to see and hang out with. So, but it, but it was nice. I mean, honestly, I was just super excited to be warm. It's It was five degrees when I left New York. Yeah. Um, and so, like, 40 and 60 was just like, I was like, shorts and t-shirts, let's do this, you know. Yeah, was, you know, it was <laughs> actually
1: a, a slightly nicer weather CES. Other than that one day of rain, it was a... Yeah. I, it was warmer than usual, to be frank. Usually, it can get in the 30s uh, and 40s in the daytime because it is a high-altitude desert. Yeah, and, yeah, true. And I was actually, you know, I remember CS Pass where I was literally wearing a hat and a scarf uh, walking between the
0: venues. That's crazy.
1: Um, And this one wasn't one of those. Although, the deluges of rain that we had with the power outages, oh, my God, that was insane. Yeah, that was
0: nuts. I actually was I was upset that I wasn't in it. Like I wanted to just be in that power outage just because it was just so, it was so good for content. Like ev- so many memes came out of that, <laughs> you know, like the electronic show lost power. It was, yeah, just, I know. Uh, it was just, I was in the press anything.
1: room and you know, it didn't affect me much. <laughs> I was in the center hall in the press room. Those one the few times I was actually on the show floor Yeah. and I was, uh, they had uh, emergency power. So like one out of 10 lights, and the you know the big Word, neon yeah. arrays they had was on, so we could see where we were going and not like die. And yeah. then they had wi- The Wi-Fi access points were still up.
0: That's so, weird. So those are we had the worst. Yeah, <laughs> we, we did not have.
1: Yeah, well, we did not have wired connectivity. The all the hubs oh, okay. had shut down because they're powered by uh, yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: by uh, by uh, the the local outlets. But somehow I think their their Wi-Fi infrastructure, I- infrastructure is either on their generator backup network or on it's it maybe each of them has their own battery reserve and it was you know it was a long time it was an hour and a half right the outage yeah but but it was it went by really fast you can you know what it's like you're in the press room you're working you're editing video whatever yeah, yeah, you're doing
0: right, yeah it's yeah, just like to half me, a video it, edited to
1: me it felt like it felt <laughs> like 10 minutes but i know yeah. it was longer from reading all the reports and honestly i did not have i was so focused on what i was doing and i was so much on the deadline that i was just like I don't want to go out there and take photos. Plus, you know, the rumors from the press room were like, oh, yeah, it's nothing. You know, there's like a couple of booths that are like down and it'll be they're not important <laughs> booths. They'll be back up. But I think people actually really were in Central Hall, like not in the upstairs press part. Right. You know, obviously, as you as you said, had a great content opportunity because, <laughs> wow, those photos. There were so right?
0: many videos and photos of just like CES after dark. You know? I know, I know. It so funny. like, like it's it, it
1: seems I, so apocalyptic to me, like you know, like yeah. Wow,
0: it's just weird because you think it's CES, like right, like it's they're meant to handle all that. But what it turned out it was it had to do with the rain. There was like leakage or something that happened and shut the power down. Because you're like, oh, the, the you know the first reaction was all this electronics just shut down CES. That's how many things were here, you know. But like, no, no, no it was the rain. The that's why that's yeah, exactly. why I brought it up,
1: right? Because so it turns out that uh, so I don't know if you uh, got invited by Google PR, but Google PR sent me an email a few days before CES saying, hey, you know, we have this big booth and we want to you know show you all the great um you know um Google Google assistant all the things that we did this at the show they're very proud of themselves and they said yeah. you know we're gonna have a little press event at 8 a.m on whatever day it was the day of the rain the first day of the show and it was a little too early for me to go frankly I was thinking about it but uh I figured I could still get all the content from all the various uh in manufacturers booths, you know, I d I didn't feel like I needed to just go to Google to get an all in one shot. Especially at eight in the morning. I'm not a much of a yeah, person. It. So I didn't go in the end, but but then I get you know, as I'm later on in the morning, like maybe nine AM heading out to to do my day in the rain and stuck in traffic and all like everybody else because you know, it very rarely rains in Vegas. I remember two years ago it rained at CS and it was just a few hours and it was chaos. Like not like a whole day like this time and not as much of a deluge. So uh, you know, I was stuck in traffic for a while and I'm reading my email catching up and I see this email from Google PR like from really early in the morning saying, sorry to do this last minute but we have to cancel this morning's press thing because you know of the weather um and i then i found out later on from talking to various people like the folks at engadget and cnet that have trailers in the parking lot that basically what happened is it, it rained so hard that the the storm drains couldn't keep up and so there uh, was so great, it flooded yeah it flooded a little bit not too much like yeah. not not enough to cause damage to any people or equipment yeah, but per se but not the problem pleasant is to walk through <laughs> you've been have you been to events and and shows that they're not necessarily like trade shows, but like concerts and stuff. And have you ever looked mm. around at how they do the power? Usually, it's these big distribution boxes, and sometimes they use extensions where they clip two cables together. Yeah. And those junctions are generally raised, right? They, they put them on these wooden blocks or something so that in case it rains, they don't get flooded, that water doesn't get in there, even yeah, though they're right. waterproof connectors they are designed to be outdoors. And yeah. so what I think happened is because it's Vegas and it never rains, right? They yeah. never, they didn't, they never raised anything. So,
0: yeah, so they, right. these,
1: there's dips and valleys in the parking lot, right? Because it's not perfectly flat. And so right. in some spots, there were like three inches of water, two inches of water just accumulating. And these puddles had these, you know, 308 volt, three phase, 60, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. 60 Hertz, like yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, multiple yeah. amp power distribution blocks just sinking in there. And and, so, and, and I think some of them, you know, just had their ground fault protection kick in and, and just shut down, which is what right. they're designed to do. But you can imagine how much chaos that would have caused. And I think yeah, that, exactly. that the biggest fear that the org had, like CES, the CEA, the people organizing, was that if somebody steps in one of those puddles and there's still a live connection, right, they're going like, to oh, de- yeah. get electrocuted. So. yeah. They actually cleared the whole parking lot earlier that morning, which is why Google had to cancel. Not really per se because they didn't have power or their their booth was leaking. all yeah, it was I'm dangerous. Sure. And yeah. yeah yeah and then i heard from other people i don't know you can tell me what you heard but i heard that mm. literally buckets were being placed inside the convention center in various yeah. places yep. some booths had to have tarps on them because <laughs> the roof like this is crazy this yeah, is yeah, like yeah. one of the biggest convention centers in the world right yeah that, I and it think can't the, handle rain i know the one in orlando <laughs> is one of the other biggest sur- surface area yeah. wise in the world and it can't handle rain but then again you realize that convention center like the core of it was built like, in the 50s or 60s, you know, yeah, you look really at photos of CES from 1969, yep. like the first year, and 70s, and it's the same center hall. Like, yeah, right. like you
0: know, changed.
1: Yeah, the posts <laughs> and the same, the and probably the roof is the same, and you know- Yeah, there's more
0: advertisements on the outside. Yeah, I mean, they
1: don't really need it. to worry about the rain that much, so they probably yeah, don't right. maintain, I mean, it's yeah, crazy. Look,
0: someone was telling me, it was like, it was a hundred and something days since the last rain 130, at, uh, in 130, yeah, yeah. Right, like, that's half the year. <laughs>
1: Have you been before to CES? Yeah, right?
0: Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So So actually, though, it's funny because I've been doing this for like 11 years, right? Right. And I, this is my second CES. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I never went to any events. So I made a, I made a conscious decision the last couple of years to like go to as many as I could. You
1: know, Um, yeah, do if you can, I mean- be careful. It's a fine line. Like I, I travel about 150 days a year right now because oh, of trade shows and events and things. Yeah, so yeah. you got to find the right balance. But at the same time, to me, it's it's all the networking and the meeting people yeah. in person and the, you know, meeting PR folks from all the various agencies and, uh, and in-house PR is really yeah. awesome. You build much better relationships that way.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, and then and sure. also it's it's the other content creators you meet too, right? Like it's funny because I've been doing this for so long. For a decade, I was kind of doing it by myself. Didn't really talk to anybody else at about it you know yeah, yeah. So it's, it's uh, you know I've, the amount I've learned just from other people like you and you know other content creators and, and in this last year has been incredible so like that alone is worth going to these at least to the big ones right like yeah, CES think, Mobile I World Congress if, and IFA is if what I you have to, to do two
1: in, in our business in the mobile tech business I think it's yeah. CES and Mobile Congress and because yeah. those two you know you're right you you end up basically you do you do your work and you end up it's like fighting in the trenches with everyone else right it's yeah. like we all have our own battles right they're, they're the same yeah, battle in a way because we're, we're all trying to find good coverage and, and get yeah, everything the done team. but do you have you <laughs> noticed how much sharing and love goes happens oh, like yeah. a lot of people no, think that we're all like competitive Oh, don't look at my screen right now I'm writing this yeah, story yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like I can't show you no we we share and we show yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and we understand that as long as we don't steal a parrot a paraphrase or pair you know or, yeah, or yeah, do yeah. it like and no does that stuff anyway. Everybody's no, well behaved. Nobody would ever do the that. The point yeah. is that as long as we create our own unique content, and and yes, sometimes we get tips. Like it's like that's how it works. Like if I find something super cool, I'm not going to hide it. Like you know, I know you know. Of course, I'm going to try to be first, but I'm going to share it with folks because it it makes for it makes for a better story for the for the readers yeah. and listeners. Like I agree, we all covers, have different yeah.
0: perception. You know, like different. uh, uh Viewpoints on all these things, so it's nice. To, and, and most people do that. Like that's the other thing too. Is like we're not competing in a way. It's like oh, I only go to one place for the news. Like a lot of times, people will go to multiple sources to read the same thing. And so they in that respect, you know, we, we are sometimes our our biggest re- referral traffic, especially on YouTube. You know, like our oh, videos yeah. always post up next to each other, right? So it's really interesting to see. Like most of my video views would come from say Mr. Mobile's videos and vice versa. You know, so it's yeah, totally. it's, and it's it's a lovely. Com- you know, camaraderie, and, and, and I you think learn, you know, learn what, techniques from each other and stuff,
1: right? Brand. And then when you once you've been at that press conference, that one crazy Samsung press conference where they did, you know whatever, whatever madness on stage, you know, it 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 creates bonds. Like, we'll rem, we'll reminisce.
0: You know, do you yeah. remember
1: that CS back in the day? Ah, uh, it was crazy. yeah. I remember it rained and like
0: they shut down exactly. the central hall. There that was go. crazy.
1: <laughs> and I think that's the thing. And you know, uh, I mean, I know that it's a little, it's a lot less intense for me nowadays. Uh, although I have to argue that as I'm getting a bit older in my late 40s it's a little harder for me to you know to, to maintain the the super high pace that I'm, I'm used to but yeah. when I was at Engadget you know it was so hard so intense so difficult so, so hardcore that I uh, you know I literally have bled at trade shows I have cried at trade shows I have you know, blood, sweat, and tears. I uh, sweat yeah, yeah. a lot, of course. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think seeing other people having their, their struggles and trying to help them out. Like, I remember I met Brad Mullen. You know Brad who used to be at Engadget, uh, who mm. who kind of did a lot of the phone reviews on, on, under my it's, wing there?
0: Yeah, it sounds familiar. He,
1: you know, he, um, you know, I met him at uh, CTIA in San Diego at the trade show one time. And he wasn't, this is before he worked at Engadget. And how we met was he's in the press room and his Dell computer died like right there he's trying to write a story <laughs> and it just crashed and so I said okay dude here's I don't have a spare laptop to lend you but here um, like it was just his OS on his hard drive so I, I I downloaded a build of Linux on a USB thumb drive so he could boot off the USB thumb drive and at yeah, and least get online it. and go on yeah. on his website and post the stories or whatever and I mean, this them. is the kind of stuff we do, right? Yeah. And I mean, only. this is like a decade ago. But yeah. the point is, you know, I think that's that's the thing that the reason a lot of us go to these trade shows. And and I'm sharing this here with with everyone because I think a lot of listeners just don't know, like they don't know what the experience is like. And and they've given me feedback on my last two podcasts saying it's really ho- lovely to hear the actual insider stories. You know. So yes. there you go. What's your like moment of CS? I mean, other than um uh Google Assistant all the things what, what was the thing and the, of course the power what was the thing that stood out to you even if it's just like an anecdote something you you met some celebrity you you saw something that just was like wow
0: you know i kind of i did like the the Samsung wall tv i know everybody talks about it yeah let's it, talk but. about that yeah, 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 that, that I didn't was pretty see
1: it. cool. So tell me, what it's a modular system, right? And uses yeah. LEDs instead of OLED, correct?
0: Yeah, correct. Um, and so it, the modular part of it, though, is not like, because at first when they said that to us, and they, they didn't give us much information. I had to like pry people for it. And even then I only got little tidbits. They're very secretive about what it is. They just kind of showed it off. Um, but the modular aspect of it is not that like you can make it different sizes, but their manufacturing process can. So you could essentially, I mean, they showed off the, I think it was 146 inch version. Um, right. But they only chose that size because it's the average size of a wall in the United States. Um, they can make it any ah. size you want. So any smaller and any larger. So I guess the idea being that this would be like, you could come in and custom order the TV using this technology. Um, and that's what makes it modular, which is, which is cool. And it was just, I mean, it was massive and, and, and looked great. Like the quality was really nice. I don't know the resolution. They didn't tell us. Um, but it just was a really nice colors and, you know, huge. So it was just impressive to see.
1: But my understanding was, and correct me if I'm wrong, that they no, developed the smallest LEDs in the world so that they could cram them together closer so that they yeah. could l- make a higher resolution LED displays. Because, you know, you go to concerts and stuff and you see these panels, they're like basically like, you know, three by dots. three by four <laughs> foot panels, and they're a bunch yeah. of dots. When you get close up, you can yeah, see yeah, they're yeah. tiny LEDs, but they're spaced out enough that you know you can't get a ten to get a 1080p display. You, you need like it to be 20 feet wide, right? Right. Um, and and of course, you, if you sit far enough, it looks great. But if you're right next to it, it, doesn't look good. So, am I right to understand that they have packed them together close enough that you could potentially build a TV in your living room with this?
0: Yeah, that's the, that is the idea. I think huh. I don't remember the name they had for the they had a proprietary. I don't know if it was micro LED or nano LED, something like that. Um, but that was their name for it, and it. That is exactly what it was. It was these these self-emitting LEDs that they could make small enough that it was you know a normal resolution, and they could just expand it to whatever size they need, which is kind of clever. So you I'm assuming you know you're going to see these less in, like less in people's houses, but you could. I just think the price right. is going to be crazy. But you're going to see them more at like the trade shows and other things. Like Samsung is going to, you know, use right these, for like sure. This B2B, it's funny
1: bro. because you know when when I was at the at the press conference listening to this announcement, I really yeah. just thought that they had made a regular TV. I, I didn't really catch the modular part. Like I didn't I didn't somehow I didn't hear the word or yeah, it didn't, they didn't register. They didn't push
0: it honestly.
1: I thought that basically you know. The the holy grail, like you know, OLED looks amazing because every pixel is independently uh, turned on and there's black behind it. So, like when you have no light, you absolutely have no light. You don't have a backlight that interferes. You don't need to do what you see on high end LCDs today with local backlighting and all these crazy techniques. You can just basically just turn on off pixels. The problem with OLED is it's an organic substrate, so it actually wears out. It's not like silicone, normal LEDs are silicone and Pure silicon and they can they last forever pretty much. They can right. get fried if there's too much current or voltage. But that's about it. The problem is it's really hard to make very small LEDs, and that's why OLED became a thing. And of course the, the drawback is it wears out. Like you get screen in and stuff if you display a lot of bright color in one area. Yeah. Um, and so to me when I, the announcement at Samsung felt like we've made a TV that's like a regular size TV, like a 50, 60 inch, whatever, that is really expensive right now, but is eventually going to come down in price. That solved the wear problem. By being real LEDs, silicone LEDs and and uh, that we've miniaturized to a completely new de- degree, right? Basically, yeah. that's kind of what yeah. I thought they were doing. And I think, I think they are to some right. extent, but I don't think the resolution is is that the density is high enough of pixels yet to really compete with traditional LCD and OLED in living room. Right. I think Which is this is why more they like didn't mention it, yeah, and this is more like, as you said, for, uh, this is a big step in, in pixel density for traditional LED modular wall-like size exact. TVs. And I yep. think that, that's kind of what they should have really said because, because um, yeah. So you oh. saw it, but you mentioned 8K in your story. So what was the story behind so that?
0: So I mentioned, so that, a, so that was a mistake. I mentioned 8K in a Twitter post, um, in, and then I, I redacted that. But the, because what it was, was they mentioned two things at the same time. And even in their press release, which is why everybody kind of jumped on the 8K thing, they also released an 8K TV, but it's right. not the same as the wall. So when when a lot of us were talking about it, and even Samsung, it felt to me like they were calling it an 8 So like it was just a miscommunication. But the other TV, which is an 85-inch 8K TV, that's what they were kind of releasing in the same breath. Wow. Um, but that's a consumer television. That's That they wanted to talk about all day. The, the other TV, they didn't. <laughs> did you see did, The wall was they it were just the kind booth, of like, Look, it's a wall see, and they walked away. Yeah, was it, at it Was it booth? Did you see it? Um yeah, I don't I did the booth was a pain to get oh into God, because I of the wall. It was just crazy. But at the like they did like a pre not a pre briefing, it was kind of just like a party that they had where they unveiled the TV. Um that and the TVs, they had them both there. And so that was a little easier to go check out. So in my video I do show both of them. Um but yeah. So and again, no pricing or availability on either, so you know I mean, it's really cool that they got an 8K TV and it uses they use the word AI, um, but upscaling so that even if you put like an SD, you know, video it in there, fantastic. it'll upscale it. to yeah, 8K. Yeah. And, and, I, and they showed a demo of, of it and a regular 4K TV and it definitely looks good. Sweet. Um, you know, who knows what they're, you know, what they were actually doing. And I don't you know, it's not my own controlled test, but in their demo, of course, it was it was actually pretty, pretty impressive. So pricing will be a huge factor. But, you know. It's still cool. it's still cool that technology is going
1: that way. I think. Yeah, no, I mean, 8K. There's no content yet, and but if no, you right. see it, once you see it, you see the difference. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. I yeah. remember seeing a, a sharp 8K TV like four years ago at CES, like a very much a, a early prototype, and it was just like wow, like you know,
0: yeah, um, it's impressive. It it is,
1: but I think, um, I mean, I think for me, what what did it um, at Samsung's uh, you know press conference was you know the just to see like the the silliness of the Bixby, all the things like, you know, the entire show is yelling in your ear. Like the entire CS show is yelling in everybody's ear. Um, Google assisted all the things. And, and, and Samsung is trying to yell over that with Bixby, all the things. And I'm like, guys, seriously, let's let it go. Okay. Like, like there's no (laughs) doubt that putting, so, you know that ai in appliances is a thing and it's the future and you know i'm not necessarily sure that all appliances need it etc cetera, etc cetera, but i know that it can make you know it could certainly make some 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 scenarios more uh you know uh, better you know in our lives the, the thing though is that it's inter interoperability that's going to make it uh work and the key to interoperability to me is you know something that that Amazon solved. I don't want to say the word because obviously you know it's, it's going to trigger mine thing. as yeah. well here. Um, <laughs> but um, you know the uh, the A word. Yep. Amazon is got the assistant that w- that's proved that a voice interface could unify all the platforms. that's i think what a lot of people are not seeing i think you're seeing it david but i think a lot of people out there don't understand that it's not about ai per per se it's about the fact that you know you have nest you have a philips hue you have all these like august smart lock all these all these silos that were individual ecosystems like you know ring camera all that with their own apps that you now normally you don't you don't have to use their apps anymore you can just talk to the a the, the assistant device, whether it be Google or or Apple's, even in the future yeah, when right. Siri gets better, and and maybe Microsoft Cortana. Although you know, I saw an article saying that uh, Windows is going to get uh, uh, Amazon's assistant very soon, which means mm. that oh, okay, so maybe Cortana is a dead thing. I don't know. We'll yeah, see I, don't if know. They, I haven't seen that, but 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 the point is that um that that you know, I think the, these assistants are making a unified. And a very intuitive user interface for all of our smart devices. And the smart devices exist and they're here to stay. Whether you, like, as I said in previous podcasts, like last um, two podcasts, podcasts ago at CS, I said, you know, I'm not sure I want a washing machine that that's smart per se, because, you know, it's really expensive, and and my theory is that if you have that kind of money to spend on one of those washing machines, you probably don't do your own laundry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, probably true. have somebody who does for you, you send it out, right? And or you send it out, and so if then you don't buy the machine, or if you have somebody who does it for you, they don't care about the AI because their job is to do laundry, so they're going to be monitoring it anyway.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, but my point is that there, some things certainly have benefited. I think the fact that we can, you know, lie in bed. Uh, and say, uh, you know, to tell Google to turn off the lights, is a nice perk. I mean, you know, it's laziness. We used to be fine without it. But at the same time, I just, I think everybody agrees that it's nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: you know? No, I, I do. I agree with that. I think, and it's funny because it's, it is something so small, but once you get used to it, you get so used to it. I know. Um, and like, I, like I've, I've literally found myself in a hotel room being like, hey, that word, what's the weather? Oh, wait, no, you're not here. You know, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, and, <laughs> it's and just it's like, I It's like, you know, it's like Star Trek. Yeah. Computer,
0: Yeah, yeah make yeah, yeah, me yeah. some
1: tea. Oh, great. Hot. You know, yeah. I just, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I mean, we we kind of live in the freaking future, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. It's the art I imitating mean, life and, you know, that type of a thing. It's we're, we're trying to get to that. And I think it's. I don't know, I, I mean, like it, obviously. I like it, I think progressive it's Progressive cool.
1: and a nerd. <laughs> so, I mean, so to go back, to wrap up back to what we were talking about, I think it's sure. inevitable, like back to Samsung, it's inevitable that Samsung devices should all talk to one another and have some sort of AI, some sort of connectivity, some sort of, you know, brains where, you know, the, the, uh, the I don't know, they can, I don't really know, I don't cook, so I, I'm sure that there's a reason for the, the dishwasher to talk to the stove in some way, right. but, you know, right. whatever. The point is that, you know, while I'm skeptical of the you know like because the implementation so far haven't been great, but I think the assistants have really gelled the implementation into a really convenient and easy to use prospect but but to see Samsung push Bixby so hard, it's it's so tone deaf in a way, you know it's like like are you looking around to seeing what's going on like you you, you don't stand a chance.
0: Right. But nobody's so gonna is...
1: buy. Nobody's gonna buy all the appliances from the same company. It's never right. gonna happen. That's not how people shop.
0: No, and th- but that's that's how these manufacturers are doing. Like LG is doing the same thing with ThinkQ or Think. Oh, or yeah. how we Pronounce it right. So it's it's their way of trying to carve out a bit of the market before there is a solid winner. Right. But, but like I, th- I think we all know that Google Assistant and the other one from Amazon are, are have such a, he- a head start and are just so much easier to integrate into all these things. Like it's just not yeah it's a it's a losing battle but i think they're going to keep trying until until that's proven oh, yeah and, and i and i get that. that
1: and i think see i'm not as a fan of LG because LG is saying like we we've, we've we put Wi-Fi in everything And we have one app that controls it all. So it's nice if you have all LG stuff, but they didn't say like, we have our own assistant. We create our own assistant. You have to use our own assistant. You know what I'm saying? They just said, no, we put Google assistant in everything. They're smart. Like, whereas I didn't see Samsung support Google assistant and our friend, um, you know, the A assistant from Amazon. The point is assistants were strong at CS and Samsung certainly was kind of like, you know drumming in their own beat and i was like you guys are crazy yeah. um but what what stood out like did you see you know something you just kind of walked randomly and you're like oh my god like i've never i've heard of this this is great uh, what, what yeah. is this
0: yeah so there was one thing that it was interesting i was walking through south hall and i saw a giant crowd outside of a booth and i was like all right what's going on and i walked over um i can't remember the name of the company i'll think of it in a minute but but basically it's this company making um the, for lack of a better word, they're fans that have LEDs on them. And when they spin, the LEDs can actually light up in, you know, however they're programmed. Same words. Yeah. Yeah. Not just words though. So what, what oh, it can entire do. entire images. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah it would, it, and so they were telling me that anything that, any 3D content you have, regardless of whether it's like a 3D movie or a piece of animation or a 3D graphic, if you give it to their system, it can display it on these fans. And they had a bunch of them like connected together in a matrix. And it was just, impressive looking like you don't need any glasses it just looks 3d um and they, they were actually the people that work there i was talking to them and they were like yeah we actually watched like a 3d movie on this you know the other day and, <laughs> and so i was 3D, like oh that's kind of i've never cool. heard that done
1: with 3d the yeah uh, so that's what PO was so Vista. cool about because it. you know on bicycles you've seen people like do yes, bicycle wheel displays like yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. play entire youtube videos yeah, while yeah, riding yeah. a bicycle which is really cool but
0: yeah so it's this but in 3d i have no idea how it works other than the leds are spinning i don't but like, it, I actually posted a, a video of it really quick. And of course that doesn't do justice because you can't see how 3D it is, but you can kind of tell, um, I posted it on my Twitter, but like, and everybody was just like, what? And it was, it had a crowd around it every time I walked by it. And it was, you know, you know it's some company like, you know, they're just doing their thing. And I guess it's used for marketing, kind of like uh, they want it to be used at booths. Go figure, right?
1: Yeah, well, good um, place to be, right? Yeah, sure it off. worked, yeah,
0: it worked. It got me to stand there and stare at it for a while. It was great.
1: Anything else that you just completely ran across randomly that was just like, whoa.
0: Uh, the mech. Did you see the mech from no. Furion? Oh, God. So this this thing apparently, like if people were, were, it's a giant mech with like four legs um, uh-huh. and you climb into the center of it and you can obviously control it. But the point of making this was that they want to actually start like robot races. They want to start like a new sport. Um, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so that was obviously I impressive. Love it. Just I love yeah, I love how we're doing would...
1: like robot and drone esports. sports <laughs> yeah, i mean, yeah, not yeah. E
0: anymore because they're, no, right. they're real sports, but they're, they're physical,
1: right? AI driven, I guess, or remote yeah, yeah. controlled to some yeah. extent.
0: And wow. I, th- I think it's great. It's it's going to help push, you know, in the same way that like Formula E, for example, yeah, pushes, absolutely. you know, electric vehicles. If there's, if there's enough marketing money behind this, because it becomes popular, it helps these companies move forward. And I think that's like the the part of all of these sports that we don't really think about as much, you know. But like they do. They push the industry forward when we have, you know, motorsport or whatever you would robo sport, I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> robo sport, I love it.
1: No, I agree with you 100%. That's cool. Um I just wanted to to go uh, touch back on a couple of things that we talked about already. Um the sure. Sony phones, I just want to bring up that there is my video in the in the uh in the description here below i mentioned on the last podcast i got to play with the xa2 and xa2 what was the last, ultra or premium i think it's ultra um at the sony booth and you know they're just mad mid-rangers one thing i didn't catch in my hands-on because i was so busy looking at the camera and my settings rather than the actual phone was that the the, the bigger one has dual cameras in front oh and, yeah yeah. And I'm wondering if it's just, you know, portrait photography in front or if they're actually doing some sort of faithful authentication, you know, it's typical, like these big companies launch these products, there's very little support and knowledge about it amongst the people at the booth. Right. So, you know, and, and I haven't really had time to read the press releases or whatever, but, um, but it's like, it, now I'm kind of curious because I'm like, okay, one of your mid range phones has a dual camera set up in the front, you know? Yeah. So I, did I you, imagine did you it's see a portrait
0: them? thing, but. No, I didn't actually get a chance to, to, to see Sony's booth at all. Unfortunately, um, so yeah I didn't I didn't even see him I'm gonna watch your video I mean don't this. worry you missed <laughs> <laughs> thanks
1: you didn't miss too much I'll be honest I mean like they're mid-rangers right yeah yeah, um, yeah, yeah and they're, and, you know, they're not even 18.9 aspect ratio they're just like your standard you know yeah. big boxy Sony yeah. not big because well one of them has 6 inch display so it's pretty big but there are yeah. these you know the boxy design that we used to from Sony and they have yeah the, they uh, refuse to
0: change that design
1: yeah they have like they have big bezels um, top and bottom mostly uh, but what's interesting about them other than the dual camera on the bigger one is that the uh, the uh, um, the fingerprint readers in the back, which is the first for Sony, it's not on the yeah. power button uh, and obviously not under the display, which uh, we should talk about. But um, I also want to quickly mention, as we're talking about phones, if you go in the show notes and see more videos, uh, there's the the Cat rugged phones I got to play with. They were announced, like, in, I think, September and November, respectively, the X41, uh, sorry, S41 and S... Uh, 31. I don't know why I keep saying X about these phones. They're S. Um yeah. Did you ever play with any of their phones?
0: So not those two, but I did they actually did let me borrow the S sixty. Yeah me called. too. Yeah I reviewed um, that one. I I brought it to Burning Man. Of course you did. <laughs> Because I thought that was the perfect place to test it. So, so um. you
1: wanna exactly, you know, wanna you wanna <laughs> what? What's crazy is two years ago, you know. So I'm staff at Burning Man. Well, yeah, staff, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't say that because you know that nobody's supposed to be staff at Burning Man. Right, right, right. We're all Part volunteers, and we all you know participate and all that. Yeah. But anyway, I am, I am, I, I did do help manage the coffee shop at Center Camp, um, yep. and spend a lot of time there and stuff. And so, um, you know, I wanted to bring the S60 to Burning Man that's two, years, two summers ago and I completely forgot to pack it. Oh! Because <laughs> yeah, you know, thermal like, imaging was the thing for me. I mean, I have a FLIR yeah, um, add-on really camera. Like, I have the FLIR one, you know, the one you can plug yep. into your Android or iPhone. Mm-hmm. But I felt that having a rugged, dustproof um. Phone that had decent specs with a FLIR camera built in would make a lot of fun. So what did you do with it at Burning Man?
0: Yeah. So it was easy to find parties because you should like at night you would just find the like where all the heat the was coming spot. from. Yeah, it was funny. Um and of course, like I got a, everybody around me got a kick out of it because we were using that, you know, how hot are you and how hot is this? And you know, just testing, messing around <laughs> with the, the FLIR camera. Um but it was good because actually like, so I've only been to Burning Man once, which was not this year, like not past year, but the year before. Um, right. And that's when I brought it. Um, and so it was it was interesting because we had cell signal, which I was always told you don't have. Yeah, easily. that's
1: unusual. It's yeah. been getting better too every year, which is kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What? Which is a,
0: a good so and a bad thing, I think, depending on yeah. who you ask at Burning Man. Yep, um, I definitely. liked it because it was, you know, my connection to the outside world. And I went alone. Like, I didn't know anybody.
1: Oh um, my God. You didn't yeah, even so go with season burners? You're, no. That's, that's hardcore. Yeah, so also,
0: no, no, no. So, so I knew... So my cousin works for uh, the radio station. Oh, so I yeah. knew him... But I didn't, like, I, I, he was just, he likes to be mysterious to be, like, a jerk. So he ah. basically just didn't tell me anything. Didn't, like, I packed as if it was the end of the world and, and just you showed know, up. It's,
1: it's a good idea. Like, yeah. at least you were prepared. The worst is when people no, pack,
0: was. like, they think it's going to be a weekend party. No, no, no. And then I, I literally had jugs trouble. of water. I had beef jerky. Anything that, like, would not. I had solar panels. Like of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, it was a great experience. Like, it was, it was super uncomfortable. Um. But that's, I feel like that's how you grow and learn and change, exactly. right? So yeah. anyway, so that, that was it. And I brought that camera, that phone. It was it was—it was perfect. Like, I couldn't have thought of a better phone to bring with me. I mean, <laughs> the
1: fact that you were, uh, in, you know, that you had somebody that helped you, well, maybe they didn't really help you, but somebody no, you that you, no. at least you knew <laughs> that was, that, you know, worked at BMIR, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the radio station, right. means that you had an in in a way. So I you did. probably yeah, had yeah, yeah. easier access to power. And, and if you yeah. ran out of water, you would have potentially some other people. Somebody help could save me. You know, I, I, I've been going to Burning Man since 2004 and, wow. um, and, uh, you know, I've been working well again, working, volunteering, whatever you want to call it, being actively involved with the, with the organization, uh, over the last 10 years or so, um, and particularly the coffee shop at Center Camp. And you know, I I, you know, it is like that. You you know, I, I still bring all the same things. Like I'm ready for the apocalypse every yeah, time just I go in. Case. And now I bring my camper van, which is a little more comfortable than oh, a tent. And I uh, I camped in a, a tent. tent. Was I camped in a tent for twelve years, <laughs> oh, geez. so I know how it is. Uh, it was a very comfortable tent. We made we made the best of it. We had you know a futon in there. We had like oh, a nice, nice oriental rug in it, and yeah, we, you yeah, yeah. Know, you we it right. dust everything out. And we we we'd cover the bed with uh, with a tarp so that you know when there was dust coming in, because dust will get into the tent, as you know, yeah. no matter what you do. No, um, no, no. Uh, we would cover the bed so they wouldn't get dusty, etc. But the camper is 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 a big upgrade for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. If I ever uh, go again, th-
0: it'll be in a camper.
1: Yeah, the thing is, though, that, you know, I think that I end up bringing back half my food and stuff now because, you know, since I work there or I'm yeah. heavily involved as a volunteer slash manager, I have access to other things uh, and I, I don't end up using my own. But it's um, it's interesting because, yeah, the, the, the communication infrastructure at Burning Man has evolved drastically since 2004. When I went the first year, I went most... Uh, lights were still powered by bulbs, not LEDs. LEDs were an electroluminescent wire, EL wire, L wire, was uh, starting to be very popular, but they were very expensive still. And uh, so people reserved them for like special things like, you know, if they had a theme camp and they wanted to decorate the entrance or if right. they had a bicycle and they wanted to make it all super cool or an art yeah. car or something, but they didn't do it, you know, they didn't use it for everyday things like your, your camp light and your flashlight would probably still be like a mag light with a halogen bulb on it yep. or something, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah powered by good old batteries that would not last the event. Yeah, but now everything is LED. Like everywhere you look is LED. LEDs are so cheap, you can do ev- LED all the things. And, and of course, you and know, solar panel, and people do. And solar all panels, as you know, are super cheap and very efficient now. So it's solar panel, all the things too. Yeah. Um, but in terms of communication, what's really changed is, you know, when I first went, we bought these, um, you know, uh, general public radio service, GP... RS, GRPS, whatever it's called, the, yeah. the 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 you don't need an FCC license to use the radio radios, you know. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, Two way radios. Uh, we use those to communicate, and uh, we want to find each other because nothing worked up there. Right. Um, and yeah, I was there, texting people. I mean, there were pockets of <laughs> Wi-Fi back in 2004, if you know the right people in the right places, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. But there was even the organization itself had very limited internet connectivity, right. uh, just for like media mecca and a few other places. Mm-hmm but now obviously you know the, the the backhaul the the microwave connection to f- to reno is much much higher bit rate than it used to be 15 yeah. years ago and so uh the connectivity is much better for the organization and the uh, the various entities like the cafe and bmir and media right. mecca and all that uh so if you get on wi-fi if you can again get on wi-fi because you know someone or whatever or you work there you it's you're pretty well connected now but there used to be a time when it was just like you couldn't even load images it was just text yeah you could do like an email you could read the tweets but you couldn't you could see like placeholders for images um, and then in the last three or four years what's happened is um, the, you know they set up cows you could sell on wheels right for yeah. uh, for the workers before the event because I go for about three weeks total time I spend about 10 days there before the event I spend the event there and then I you know spend a few days after the event and right. so because there's a lot of people pre-event that you know that's their livelihood. They they you know they help the org set up the the thing, so they they want to be in touch with their families and friends. So they expect cell phone coverage. So they set up these cows these cows these cell on wheels, um and connect them to the back hall. And so pre event for the last few years, all of us have had pretty decent LTE connectivity if you're on AT&T and Verizon. If you're on T-Mobile, you're roaming on AT&T and they throttle you significantly. If you're on Sprint, you're roaming on Verizon and they throttle you significantly. But AT&T and Verizon both have cows and it works. And then, but what's happened now is that the capacity of those cows has improved so much that... They used to turn them off during the event completely, so you would yeah. lose cell phone coverage during the event if you were working there. And now they leave them on, and somehow they ho- they're holding up mostly. There are peak times when they don't work because everybody's trying to be on. Yeah. But um, but you yeah, you went at a time that you know like if you if you had gone ten years prior, like forget it, you would have no, had, yeah. the phone would have had said no signal from the time you left i eighty. Right. To the time you go you to, got on the, to the playa. Yeah. On the dust.
0: yeah. Well, and it's it's the thing about that, too. And obviously, like we can we're talking about Burning Man a lot, but it's fine. <laughs> like the, the other thing, too, that impresses me so much is like it becomes the third largest city in Nevada for like a week. And and all of the technology that like is used to like build it and like it's just it's impressive. And even artists go out there. It's just crazy. So like even from a technological standpoint, like Burning Man is a is a very impressive Oh,
1: yeah, people push the envelope all the time, and a lot of yeah. stuff gets tried there. Uh, yeah. You know, that I want, I, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but um, when I was at Engadget, I used to still take the time off and go, and yeah. I didn't go to IFA. I've never been to IFA as a tech journalist simply because it's always when Burning Man happens. Oh, yeah, you're right. And, yeah, we and, be talking and, about that. Uh, yeah and so one year they built their own GSM network open from open source software and hardware at, at Burning Man they got an FCC license to do it to test That's it crazy. and basically if you got since there was no other cell signal this is like almost seven, eight, six, seven years ago, there was no other cell signal during the event uh, because yeah. they turned off the cows. Um, and back then, there were very, the cows were really limited in their ability to provide service to workers before event anyway. But basically, uh, any any phone that had a SIM card in it, didn't matter what the SIM was, would be able to connect to a network with the, uh, like instead of saying T-Mobile ATT AT&T on your screen, it would say 101. And yeah. 101 would provide you the ability to text other people on that network.
0: Um, it. so it Not to like text intramet. to the
1: yeah, not to text to the outside world, but yeah, any yeah, yeah. device that connected to that picked up the cell signal would register itself and and it would see it as a regular cell network, That's and it crazy. wouldn't be able to get data on it. it and vo- they they blocked voice call functionality, so if you tried to call, it would just drop the call, yeah. and then. And then, but texting worked, and we and we used it. It was so cool. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's it was impressive. solid, like, and it worked. To make your own network. I visited in the their of tent. The
1: <laughs> yeah, I visited their camp and their tent, and I saw their gear. It was yeah. like you know a bunch of rack mount Linux servers, yeah, of like and and they basically it was two G GSM. Like they, you yep. know, they were able to like. There's an open source reverse engineered GSM stack for Linux that that's what they were using. And of course they're using the power amps and uh, RF radios and yeah, all yeah, that right. other stuff you need. And they had a big antenna mass too. And that was all sanctioned by the FCC, but they did it for a year or two. And then they, they stopped mostly because, you know, people were heading like three G was going to be the next thing. And they couldn't, they could there's no open source like, 3g <laughs> you know like the encryption yeah. is much strong on 3g and lte yeah, so that you know essentially to open source gsm you have to break the encryption right, right. so so they, they 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 reverse engineer the encryption system for 2g but i don't think hackers have uh, and i'm saying hackers in the white hat you know yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. legit hacker kind of wording i don't think they've managed to uh, to, rep, to to reverse engineer the other stacks and i don't think those are op- uh, they're not you have to pay license to the gsma or whatever for them yeah yeah um anyway the point is it, they didn't break laws they did all legit through yeah. fcc and everything but that's it was an impressive. experiment and you know what they were able to do um they turned into a business because now they provide uh they build uh s- s- tiny cell networks for tiny islands in the world oh, that that's are like their own independent state islands you know yeah. that, that just don't have the money to you know get service from a big carrier yeah, yeah, yeah. And they it's, connect them to the backbone, to the internet, and then um, generally by microwave or satellite, and then yeah. they give them cell, cell phone connectivity. It's very That's cool. amazing.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, and proven in the, the desert. Proven
1: in the, planning, the worst <laughs> possible place on Earth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this, I guess, yeah. is the
0: idea, right? If they could do it there, they could do it in, like, you know, in <laughs> an or yeah, anywhere I think, else,
1: right? I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, totally. Anyway, so... Um, I don't know how we, oh we, yeah, we got from talking Burning Man, yeah, I seg- this, this 60, is, that's is what my show is all about, happened. segues. We got to talk <laughs> about Burning Man because we talked about the S41 and S31. Yeah. So go check the video on my channel, go check, Um, I'll, I'll link to you, do you have an S60 video on your, I on your channel? I do, okay, yeah, it takes place at it. Burning Man. <laughs> Great, awesome, and I'll link to my S60 video as well. The S60 is an older phone now, it's two years old, but it's still pretty good specs, it's decent. Uh, the display is a little dated, but, uh, you know, Snapdragon 625 is not too bad. Um, and it was a cool phone when I tested it. I have a, uh, they're sending me an S41, so okay. I'm looking forward to playing with that. No flair on that though, but it's oh. uh, MediaTek eight core, and it has a five inch 1080p display, which is a huge upgrade because the S60 and the the uh, older Cat phones had 720p yeah. 4.7 inch and 4.7 inches today is a small small screen. Yeah, it's painful. So yeah, um, but let's talk quickly about. Uh, There's a couple of things I want to touch on uh, real quick. So we talked about um, the cat phones, talked about Sony. I also want to mention that uh, I I mentioned this in the previous podcast, the Lenovo made a a 180 degree VR camera called the Mirage. There's a hands-on in my YouTube as well. I'll put it in the link. And uh, let's talk about Project Linda real quick. Mm -hmm. I know that's one of the things you got to play with. Yeah, definitely.
0: What's your thoughts? Uh, so, I, I mean, it's cool. I think it's a cool concept. I mean, but we've seen other companies try to do this um, and it not work. But I think Razer and their, their f- quite fanatical fan base um, would actually participate in something like that. Um, if they went out and got a Razer phone, they'd probably also, depending on the price, be happy to, to buy the Linda. The thing is, is that, you know, the project is the keyword here. Razer does this every CS. Um, they come up with like a project, but it doesn't always come to fruition. Right. So right. And, and in my mind, I kind of feel like it's a it's their way of making sure they're in the headlines every CES. And, and it's clever and it's brilliant um, because they do every like last year what they do the, um I remember the name of the project, but it was like the three screen laptop. Um,
1: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So oh, like, I can't remember what it's called. It's yeah, a, yeah. It's,
0: yeah like, Val, Valerie Valkyrie. I don't know. But anyway, so they they do this every year. Um, and it's quite smart from a PR and a marketing standpoint. Will it actually come and be a real thing? I'm not sure. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's clever for them. And they sit there and they, they do this. They, they go, here's what we're going to make if you guys like it. And then they just sit back and wait to hear from people. Um, so maybe if enough people with Razer phones say, I'll buy this, then it'll happen. <laughs>
1: that's a pretty small audience. But that's what I'm saying, but, right? But, but like, I mean, like, Razer you know. would pull it off. You're right. They're, they could make it happen. They could um, make because it. Yeah, they, they, they absolutely this, could. You know? I right. think it was really cool but I still qu- like and as much as from a hardware point of view it's the best implementation I've ever seen
0: absolutely agreed. no agree but and, and I by the way Racer's I,
1: te- I tested this the Pixel 2 XL fits perfectly in there
0: <laughs> like it's exactly <laughs> it the same <laughs> size yeah <laughs> and I was
1: able to uh, connect have the connector slide in and everything except that it didn't uh, the display didn't wake up because I guess you need some special software or something to make it work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's a software issue at that point, so it's yeah, not yeah. just you know. Anyway, uh, there's a tweet of mine with a photo of my Pixel yeah. Two XL in there. <laughs> I like that, <laughs> and, and it's awesome. Um, but you know the thing that the, the thing that strikes me as I'm sure I think that this is the best hardware implementation ever. The software is still going to suck, right? I mean, right. that's the problem that I've had with Dex and even the Huawei phones connected to a display. Is that you still have to deal with Android not being optimized as a desktop OS, and 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 sure the Dex stuff is a big improvement. Like you know, all the copy and paste commands work, and alt tabbing, and all that. Uh, and I don't know if the Razer will do that, but I'm sure they 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 have the software chops to do it. Um, it's really all going to depend on the implementation and the software, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and if, you know, and as Android matures or Chrome OS and Android merge further into the future, and, you know, there's all that talk of whatever it's called, uh, Google's new OS they've been working with. What's the name of it? Uh, I can't remember. You know the one I'm talking about.
0: I know what you're talking about.
1: I, I'm blanking on it. But anyway, I am the too. point is that, you know, it's eventually there's going to be a time when I think we'll be able to dock our phones and actually get very productive. Yeah. Um. In the same way as David Ruddock used a, a, a Pixelbook exclusively at CS to do all his work. Congrats, David. I love my Pixelbook and I'm very close to being able to use it and replace my Mac completely. The biggest challenge right now is audio editing for the podcast and right. video editing for my videos. And But I think that with a good um, audio and video editor Android apps, um, I could probably use a Chromebook fully. Uh, I love the Pixelbook. I think it's phenomenal. I use it... Uh, Almost as my primary computer, and I'm not surprised David was able to pull it off. Um, had you know, had tip to him for finding that watermarking software because that's to me the biggest obstacle is watermarking images and stuff. Mm. So yeah. Anyway, as a segue, I'm just saying that I think it's going to improve. But if Razer's project, Lina becomes real. I'm really hoping Razer puts the effort into making the desktop experience as close to Chrome OS as possible.
0: Yeah, well, what they're using right now is they're using a third-party app. And so Razer kind of has been known to do that because even the even the Razer phone itself is using Nova Launcher, which is a third-party popular oh, app. Oh, okay, in the right, Play Store. right, right. So they're using, uh, I wish I was just about to look it up, but I can't remember the name of it. But if, if you Google this, you'll find it, anybody listening. But it's, it's um, basically a third-party app in the Play Store that you can use on any Android phone. Um, so I wonder, actually, if you if you installed it on your Pixel when you put it in, if it would have registered oh yeah, I'm work. sure it would
1: work. Um, like, I, I mean, in fact, I think that uh, most phones that support Display Port um, MDP yeah, or Display Port should work totally. Uh, I think the fact that the Pixel didn't didn't show an image on it was odd to me. Yeah. Maybe I needed to reboot or something. I don't know. Yeah. The point is that I think it's trivial to make it work. Right. Uh, it's not like it's blocked by Razer or anything yeah. like that. It's none yeah, yeah. of that. Um, so, so to me. To me, the implementation is going to matter, though.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And and, and I mean, in that that app's been around for a bit, but I don't I didn't really get a chance to play with it too much because, of course, like the the things that they gave us were not, you know, final production, obviously. Of course they were, not. They were no. a little glitchy and whatever, but it's because it was just a proof of concept. Um, But yeah, so like I, I agree with that entirely. Like I I would need it to really function well and and also the price too, like because that's my big problem with the Pixel book. I love that thing. I think it's amazing. But for a thousand dollars, it's yeah. expensive. It you is. know, so that for something that is literally, you know, is Chrome OS. It's, and to me, like Chrome OS is meant to be something a little less expensive. It's supposed to be a less expensive alternative to a laptop, in my mind. Um, I, I agree.
1: The, but I think if you if you can start to ditch your Windows or Mac, right, a machine, yeah. then maybe $1,000 is not unreasonable if you want the thinnest, lightest convertible Uh, With a hinge, meaning a real keyboard, real trackpad. And this is the thing I love about the Pixelbook. The trackpad and the keyboard, particularly the keyboard, is probably the best keyboard I've ever touched on any device ever. Um, And and the only gripes I have with the Pixelbook, I love the light weight, I love the size, I love the thinness. Uh, uh, you know, the only gripes I have, battery life is in un- unbelievable. My yeah. only gripe so far is the bezels, like lar- large bezels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of understand it when used as a tablet. It's nice to have places to hold it without tapping anything, but right. I want... Bezelless on that as much as possible
0: yeah same i mean we're all I'm, used to that now because of all the phones but i right? love like, the
1: industrial <laughs> design i think it's super sleek uh yeah totally
0: and it's a beautiful unre- machine.
1: it's it's unreal like yeah. fanless and it's not like a mobile processor it's not crappy yep. like it's it, it really moves as a chrome os machine which you know so far a lot of fanless machines have not done so yeah
0: yeah, yeah. no yeah. totally I, it's for me, Lou, it's I'm the same problem that you have, right? Like I need to edit videos, and so for me, I, it'll never replace that. So um, one last but, but you're thing right. Like if it's a writing thing, I like it for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think uh, you know you can get a lot of work done. Of course, that assumes yeah, internet like. connectivity. Although you Correct. can do some offline work with Google Docs and stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, look, the thing is that. You know, I've been a big fan of Chrome OS since day one, and I've seen the potential. You know, okay. being able to just power wash a device and hand it to someone else, and they log into it, and all their stuff is there, is amazing. Yeah. No, it is, and really cool. and me upgrading my power, my my Pixel, uh, sorry, my my Chromebooks is just trivial. I log out of one, log into the other, I'm done. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's what I mean. Like that's the future. Like updates happening in the background and yep. and being completely seamless, all that good stuff. Yeah. I think a lot of people haven't experienced that, David. Though that's no, the thing. Like I, I a lot of so people either. like. Knock the chromebooks because I haven't used them and yeah. don't understand the vision and how much better it's become and how much of a productivity tool it can really be and i think david just proved it to the world and kudos to him i'm too lazy i i, I know i can do it i know i can make a workflow happen that let me edit audio and video on my pixel book and i need to i need to get on that because it'd be so nice to be freed of you know device hardware completely in the sense that if I lose it I just buy another Chromebook log in and I'm back to back to go ready to go yeah 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 Yeah, totally so, um, I want to talk really about one more CS thing before we talk about the Moto leaks because those Moto leaks are really interesting. Uh, yeah. But I want to talk about Huawei AT and What happened to the entire Mate Ten Pro fiasco? Uh, you know, at CS, I, I want to say fiasco. It's not really it's not Huawei's fault. I want to make it clear. I love the fo- the Mate Ten Pro. It's one of my favorite phones of two thousand seventeen, probably in the top five. And you know. As you know, there are strong rumors that it was going to come to AT&T and even potentially Verizon later this year in 2018. And I think it, it was very clear that Huawei was gear act to make that announcement at CES. Uh, instead, they announced that the, the it will be available unlocked for 799 Is that right, yeah. David? Yep. Yeah, for 799 I mean, it's pretty high-end phones, so don't balk at the price. It's 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 worth it uh, in my opinion but um but that's and you know, it's unlocked available unlocked in the u.s but you know they had to pretty much can- cancel everything else because rumors are and i think it's been pretty much confirmed now that u.s congress lobbied at&t to drop this phone because of their fear of huawei having some spyware in there how a highway is being a, is, is very heavily backed by the Chinese government company, as we all know. And I think it's ridiculous. I mean, first of all, why would they even have any spyware in there? Like if they're and trying to enter the U.S. market. I mean, they're the number three phone maker in the world. First of all, right? They're not a small entity that's just trying. to You know, like they're not a OnePlus trying to make it. You know, in the big world of phones, and even OnePlus, as we know, is backed by a bigger entity. But I'm just saying they're huge and. Yes, in the past they've done some shady things, but this is a long time ago. And to to conclude that any devices that they sell in the U.S. Uh, would would be spy devices is kind of ridiculous. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think I think it's we live in paranoid times. I think <laughs> no,
1: no no shit. Right?
0: Right? <laughs> exactly. So, right. So I think this this fear thing is just getting to a lot of people. And you know, I mean I'm not a big fan of it, obviously. Um, but you know this I think I think you're right. I think you know and 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 to play devil's advocate there were some things that have happened with like ZTE um, where they lied to, uh, like there was, they violated the U.S. Uh, Iran. Yeah, but look, sanctions. ZT is still
1: being sold all over the place correct. by Metro PCS. And, correct? And yeah,
0: and, and I Cricket agree. And, stuff. and 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 yeah. Huawei, in fact, sells a whole bunch of devices no, that are yeah. not the when. So no, I blocking agree. them
1: at the high end doesn't make any sense. It makes
0: it makes no sense to me. And so you know, like in again, the Play Devil's advocate, like some things have happened, but like they don't. It, it makes no sense to me to block these higher end phones, right? Cause w- Huawei, if they're trying to actually make a, a you know, a, a splash in the U S market, they have a lot to lose. Could you imagine if they got caught? I like, know exactly. It w- that would be the end of them. And so like, I don't, I don't know. I don't think it makes any sense to, to blacklist them. And, and I don't, and, and I don't know, cause all I've heard is rumors as well, right? About the government. I don't know if they lobbied them or like somebody nudged somebody and was just like, this is a bad idea. Or if Um, Because there is apparently a bill that started January 9th that hasn't been passed yet. But it's basically um, trying to get any equipment powered by Huawei or ZTE or any telecommunication services provided by such entities or equipment or services produced or provided by an entity that is the head of a relevant agency that might have ties with a world with a foreign government. Right. So this is. It's basically this is a a thing they're trying to pass right now. And I don't know if AT&T just kind of knew that and was like, we're backing off until this gets solved. Um, Do you know what I'm saying? But like, again, all of that is this fear thing that I'm not a fan of. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no I agree I mean we live in crazy we live in crazy time but it's 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 crazy to me because Huawei's number 3 phone makers they make some of the best phones consistently they made some of the best phones on the market in the last 3 4 years I mean they always have but the software was always a bit of an impediment and I feel like in the last yeah. 2 years the software's really really taken better. a huge step forward it's gotten a lot better and if you skin it just a little bit with like Nova Launcher yeah, or whatever Nova fixes it. you know Google uh, <laughs> Google Now or launcher or whatever yeah, you're, yeah. you're you're totally happy you're a happy camper um and the hardware is is awesome it's legit uh, Leica cameras on there are super, super great. I mean, you know, it's hard to beat the Pixel 2 XL, but whatever. The point is that they're super competitive phones. And I think they would help the, the the customers in the US give have more choice. And and all they the only way they're gonna get successful in, in the US is not by selling unlocked like they have so far and like, you know, OnePlus has and other manufacturers. It's by partnering with a carrier and being on the shelves of at right. and Verizon. And there were rumors, I think, again, David Ruddock here, uh, breaking all the, the, the scoops. Uh there were rumors that uh that indeed, uh, it, Verizon was likely to uh, have something in the works with uh, Huawei um, a little further down the road, and that's also being kind of crushed. Right. So, so that's really unfortunate. I, I mean, it's interesting to me. I don't know were you at the Huawei press conference. I was, yeah. Yeah, I, I had to leave early uh, for an appointment I had, but I, I uh, read it online later that the CEO can like ad libbed right at the end and, and kind of had a little bit of a rant about it. Yeah. About you know the, yeah, the his frustrations. Job, he, yeah, I think yeah. He, he was very diplomatic he, he, from what I read. Yeah, I mean he ranted a little bit about how this how this came to be. And you guys have to understand, like when I say you guys, I should say folks listening right now. Uh, like this happened. Apparently, all this happened a day or two before the the announcement. So right. they had to like change their entire CS strategy, and the keynote probably had to be changed significantly. Uh, and, and along with you like know, any
0: you know uh, in, graphics in as or much anything as else as they had. <laughs>
1: As much as I want to be mad at AT&T for in, I mean, it's Congress, it's the FCC, you, you know, they have an SEC license, they have a lot riding on on this. If, if it does turn out that Huawei did something or does something and they've got the phone, can you imagine right. what position that puts them in? So yeah, totally. chickens, yes, but at the same time, you know, sometimes you have to make the right strategic decision for the long-term viability of your business. Right. So I can kind of see that. But I just think the whole thing really stinks. And as you said, it reflects on our the, the state of the world, the state of this country right now, which is yeah. really sad. I, I really hope that Huawei can, th- th- that can be worked out. Maybe it'll take a few more years, but but we need these phones in the US, not just unlocked. Uh, you know, we need these phones in stores. People right now are, are overwhelmingly buying either iPhones or Samsung Galaxies. And look, they're great. They're all great phones. You're yeah. not buying crap phones, but, you know, LG is not even on the table when I think the V30 is one of last year's best phones, yeah, it was a great you phone. know, and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, So, you know, LG is not in a position to really move the bar as much as Huawei, because Huawei is so strong in the rest of the world. Right. So having at least a, a, a choice of three, Apple, Samsung, and Huawei for the average US customer, I think would would be a better thing than, uh, you know, you're going to say, well, they have other choices. They can buy an HTC U11. And I'm like, come on, who buys an HTC U11? No offense to HTC, I love that phone. But like,
0: have you seen one in the wild? No. And a lot of that also comes down to, it comes out of marketing, right? Like Samsung and Apple are marketing machines and they have the money to do so, right? Huawei does too, is the thing, right? And I think that's what positions them A little bit better than these other companies like htc and lg right huawei is huge like when you look at their you know their revenue they're they're a huge company and so for that they can have the celebrities and you know which they did announce with um gal gadot Gadot. Um, gal gadot yeah thank you and then i think uh, that's what it is (laughs) i think so too. i'm not sure but that was actually part of their thing was like you can't pronounce huawei you also can't pronounce my name it was like part of their little thing which i thought was clever Um, Kudos to their team.
1: (laughs) That was kind of funny.
0: Yeah, it was funny. So but anyway, so yeah, like they're in a position, I think more so to your point that they could they could actually put some marketing dollars behind these things and actually put them into more hands of people. But the truth is, is Americans buy phones subsidized or we buy them from the carriers with a payment plan. We don't go necessarily the vast majority to Amazon and buy a phone outright for $800. It just doesn't happen. So it's a a huge blow to them. And so, I mean, on the other side of this, though, at least they they are in Best Buy, they are on Amazon. You know, Best Buy is probably a at Amazon. Deal for I
1: mean, and you can buy them subsidized that way, right? Best Buy will subsidize yeah, yeah, a phone yeah, yeah. for you,
0: right? But uh, and, I think your average and I person think Amazon just doesn't. Amazon has
1: certain plans. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if you if you could but get like right. the, it's not the <laughs> advertising, the average version, right?
1: Yeah, the average person is not going to walk into no. like go to Best Buy or even go on Amazon and buy a phone with a plan subsidized. That you know they need to be like they they. Yeah, they walk into a store and you know the whatever a sales rep tells them is what yeah. they got by, right. right? You know, unless they invested in Apple already and then they're going to buy an iPhone,
0: you know. Right, exactly. Um right. and it, and it's the price too is part of it as well, right? Like it's an $800 phone. And like, yeah. you know, don't get it wrong, it's it's hardware-wise, it's it's on par with those other $800 phones. Oh, but yeah. it's a, it's a brand no one's heard of. They have no brand equity in the United States. And so for me to tell somebody, "Hey, go buy this phone you never heard of for $800." when it's straight up it's $800, gonna it's just not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like they're so oh, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, it's a blow to Huawei, but I, again, I think, you know, to be an optimist, like I try to be right. Like at least they have, they're going to, you're going to see a Huawei sign in a Best Buy, right? Yeah, they'll start exactly. to, to do this uphill battle of the brand recognition that they need. And, and, and at I least think, they're here. Right.
1: And I think us media folks, um, are very fond of their products because they're yeah. very good. And so we're spreading the gospel in some ways, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I just wanted to mention it because I did two podcasts at CS and somehow the Huawei AT&T thing did not come up. So right. now it's done. Uh, moving on, I want to really quickly cover before we we sign out um, right. This these Moto leaks. There is uh, somebody leaked, uh, maybe Evan Blass, I don't know. Somebody leaked the entire uh, 2018 roadmap of Moto phones from Lenovo and they look really interesting i'm a big fan of moto phones simply because i feel that they're offer a lot of bang for the buck to me uh, phones that stood out in 2017 uh, were the moto z2 play i did not like the z2 force at all right. i felt that it was a poor effort for a high-end phone but the z2 play hit the mark uh, if you want moto mods the x4 was another one of my favorite android one um uh, really nice hardware for the for the money. And then, of course, the, the, the G5 series and the E4 uh, stood out in their respective price points. So now we're seeing leaks of three phones, essentially the Z3, next-generation Moto Mod phone, the X5, next-generation non-Mod high-end phone, uh, not sorry, non-Mod high-end phone, and then uh, the G6s, uh, the next-generation G phones. What's, have you had a look at this? Like, what's your takeaway? Like, I'm really kind of, I have a lot of questions, and I think a lot of people have a lot of questions. What yeah. is
0: your take on this? Um, so, I mean, I've I've always been a fan of Motorola, if we're honest. So, like, I I also am, like looking forward to their phones. I think the Moto Mod thing kind of uh, pushed them into a corner that makes it very difficult for them to innovate on those devices. Yeah. Yeah, um, because it has to have the in because they promise like the Moto mod will fit on all of these phones for the next X many years, right? I,
1: I think it's a cool challenge, though. And, I, and it's the, a great the, challenge. The, <laughs> the size means you can make with the bezel craze. Now you can make some pretty awesome full screen phones in that yes. form factor. They just haven't
0: yet. But, but yeah. to the point, this leak looks like they're finally doing that, which I think is great. Like it's very hard for me to use a phone that doesn't have these like almost bezel things now because So many companies have come out with them this year that anything else just feels dated. Oh
1: yeah, I can't do I can't do a phone that's not eighteen nine and no, has little no bezels anymore. That's same. it. I'm done. Uh, and right, I want my mid rangers, and this is what's exciting to me is that yes. the G six looks like it's a eighteen by nine display with a small bezel at the bottom with a fingerprint reader at the bottom. Yep. Um and you know, everything else upgraded. The Z the X five looks like the most controversial one, and I want to talk about it last because of that. Normally I would put it in the middle because yep. of the of the ordering of the of the hierarchy of motor phones so let's get the z3 out of the way your z 3 is looks like an 89 edgeless bezel-less display that curves around the edges a little bit like the galaxies do yeah. Yeah, it
0: look that uh, way
1: and and it doesn't look like there's a fingerprint reader anywhere and we know it's not on the back since it's a moto mod compatible device and right. it doesn't look like it has some sort of face recognition system on the top so my theory is and this is where it ties in with the Vivo phone from Synaptics that that uh, I, I did a video of, check it out in the in uh, in the uh, in this show notes. The Vivo phone uh, with the fingerprint reader in display from Synaptics that's under the OLED screen, I think that's what they're using. I mean, it's the only way.
0: Right, right, and I, I yeah, and in looking at the photos, cause I'm looking at the same ones, right, like that were leaked, it doesn't seem like there's anywhere else to put anything, right? Cause right. the Moto Mods, you, where are you gonna put your finger? And
1: Z-Phones have always had OLED. so...
0: Yeah, true. So it would fit. Because, right, you need the OLED to do this, right? I believe. Yeah. So, yeah. It's... Yeah, I I would imagine that's what they're going to do, which would be great
1: yeah and and the other thing is you see that bar at the bottom on the display there's like a graphical element and instead of having the three Android buttons has like this rectangular grayish bar that looks less wide but similar to what we see on the iPhone 10 at the bottom right Uh, so I'm wondering if they're kind of going to you know and they've had gesture control on their track on their fingerprint readers on all the phones this year I'm wondering if they're going to kind of move to more of a gesture based interface on their launcher and still give you the option I hope to fall back to the three buttons
0: yeah I imagine they will like all even one Plus and everybody, like whoever has their own buttons, they usually always give you that option for the
1: but, but the X5 is really intriguing because the X5 doesn't have to adhere to the Moto Mod principle, right. but it um, looks like a pretty high-end phone. And the X4 this year, tech spec-wise, was mid-range, but f- fit-and-finish-wise, was really high-end, I thought. And the X5 on that f- swipe shot, leaked shot, whatever, has a notch at the top like the iPhone 10 with what clearly looks like some sort of face detection technology in a cluster up there. Yep. And then... And then we could be wrong about that. It might not have face detection at all. And it doesn't have any space for a fingerprint reader unless it's the logo in the back of the phone, which has a logo, the the Moto logo in the back right below the camera. But I have a feeling it's probably using the same in-display tech that the Z3 is going to have under the display. And then maybe adding a face recognition thing, or maybe they're just doing the notch to do the notch and piss off Apple because, you know... (laughs) Apple's (laughs) Apple's <laughs> it's its become a bit like you know the iconic look of the iPhone with the, the big bezel top and bottom and the home button at the bottom yeah. you know was kind of like the ultimate icon to re- like you could stylize it into an icon and recognize it as an iPhone yeah, totally. and now with the notch you can stylize the iPhone 10 and it's clearly an iPhone 10 right even as a single icon so uh, in, in a like in a in a graphic on a on a website or something so yeah. I'm wondering if they're, they're gonna vex Apple by doing this yeah. in a way because yeah. they would have a notch too And but maybe the notch doesn't do anything maybe it's just relying on the in-screen fingerprint reader and there's no face id maybe it's just a stereo camera up there for for selfies or something yeah who knows
0: yeah i mean and looking at the photos looking at what you're talking about but like it's definitely a notch first off and then it definitely has two cameras at least and there's maybe i don't know if that's the earpiece or if that's another couple of sensors i don't know if it's going to be the facial recognition or or if it'll just be like dual portrait mode because everybody wants that nowadays um
1: yeah but it also
0: does have that same little bar at the bottom um that we were talking about with the uh with the uh the z series so like maybe it's got the uh fingerprint reader in the screen would be really cool and uh, i really yeah. hope so i do too yeah, i like I'm that really looking forward lot, to but...
1: that this year wa- i want i want to see a bunch of phones with uh yeah
0: and you used you it know. with the synaptics one right i didn't get a chance to get yeah. over there was it quick
1: it it was quick. You yeah. you did have to kind of leave your finger on there for just a bit longer than, than it normal. seemed at first. But I think it learns and it gets better. And, you know, it's, it's just a, kind of magical to not have a dedicated piece of hardware for it anymore and just have this right. in the screen like that. It just... See, it's it feels right, it finally feels like it should have always been that way, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, we're yeah, gonna, yeah. once once this is commonplace, and I and I assume that eventually face face recognition will be will become more commonplace, even. But yeah, I sure. think that for a while, there, there's gonna be an interim where it's commonplace to have a fingerprint reader on the display, and we're, we'll be like, I can't believe we had a separate thing that we had to <laughs> tap on before, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Totally. And they could put multiple ones like the synaptic system, you can have multiple of them on different parts of the screen, so. Oh, that's interesting. You know, know that. yeah, it's interesting. Uh, anyway, I I want to. We should. I don't want to cut this short, but at the same time, we should wrap it up. It's been almost an hour and fifteen minutes. I want to give you an opportunity to plug your channels and your and your ways and your things. <laughs> uh, tell people where they can find you online. Uh, yeah, Twitter, YouTube, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the the tech website, the blog is theunlocker.com. So it's the unlock. The letter R um, started eleven years ago. It was cool not to have an E at the end of your name. Uh, and then, uh, of course, also the social networks are the same. They're the unlock, the letter R, on Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, everything. So you can find me there.
1: Woohoo, you do Snapchat. You I must do have it like all. Teenagers following you. <laughs> Yay. I'm, I I just, I, I admire people who do Snapchat because I can't, I don't get it. I still don't get it. I've tried several times. And I'm like, I feel like a grandpa, you know, yeah. grandma. <laughs> it grandma Miriam does Honestly, get the it.
0: same though. It took me a while. Yeah. <laughs> if, if we're being honest.
1: So go check out David's stuff, folks, and I think it's going to be a pretty exciting year, judging from those Moto leaks. Um, uh, you know where to find me. I'm at T N K G R L. That's Tanker, all like the comic book character without the vowels. That's how you remember. Uh, my YouTube channel is just my full name: uh, YouTube.com/slash Miriam Chouar. Miriam with a Y. Uh, go find me there. Uh, remember that YouTube is just there for you to see the stuff we're talking about uh, on the on the show. And then tell your friends about the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends about the podcast and the YouTube channel. Uh, if you need to find the URL for the podcast, it's very simple. Mobiletechpodcast.com. In one word, no spaces, no capitals, nothing. mobiletechpodcast.com You'll find the RSS feed there. Also, I'm on iTunes. Uh, I'm on... Uh, um, pocket not a no, pocket cast yeah that's it so you'll find us everywhere uh and i say us because you know i always have some wonderful people like david on thanks for being on david
0: thank you for having me it was great
1: all right stay tuned for next week folks
0: another one and uh cheers this has been the mobile tech podcast with tank girl proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com you can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com